KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. I get to be in a basketball gym every day. My first job as an accountant, I kind of knew right away that I don't want to be behind a computer screen. I've always been basketball all the time. I always joke with my friends, like, I get to make a living, you know, showing up and being in a basketball gym every day and, you know, being around the game of basketball. And I enjoy every every minute of it. And our guest this week is Jim Connolly. He's the head women's basketball coach at Division II Chestnut Hill College. He was a great player during his college days at Jefferson University, a star for legendary head coach Herb McGee. And Jim, thanks so much for taking the time. Matt, thanks for having me on today. First of all, as we're recording this in mid-January, it has been quite the struggle for all college basketball teams to kind of piece together a schedule in the mid of the latest COVID surge. Uh, How much of a challenge has the last, let's say, month been? Uh, Aside from the success you're having on the court, just kind of logistically keeping the ship afloat. You know, heading right into our our, our last game right before our our week shut down for Christmas break, um, we kind of ran into COVID issues during that week off. So if there's ever a right time to get hit with COVID, it, it happened during our week shutdown. So getting back to pl- practicing and, and playing was kind of an issue. Because obviously, you know, everyone had to kind of sit out for 10 days and then everyone had to test before we were allowed to practice again. And, um, you know, when we everyone had to test to come back, you know, we ran into a few more, you know, you know, COVID issues. So uh, we practiced one day and then we shut down again. Um, for another five, six days. And so it was definitely a struggle. Um, and then we were finally getting back to practicing. We only had, you know, eight or nine available players for about a two game stretch. And we were trying to, you know, get kids cleared um, and back into the lineup. So um, it was definitely a struggle for us. And we're finally back to, um, you know, full strength now. I guess that's what you want to call it. We still have some injuries and other sicknesses. Um, but you know, we have 12 healthy players now, which is, has, has been great. With last season being lost to the pandemic, what did that mean for you? Uh, just as far as when you did get back to action, kind of appreciation for basketball and what was it like kind of not having it as a part of, uh, of your life there for that year? It was definitely a struggle. You know, my first my first season here, we lost in the playoffs. And then a week later is when, you know, the world really shut down. And, um, you know, being away from your players for, you know, almost eight, nine months, because, you know, that, that first fall semester, um, Chestnut Hill went completely virtual. So our, our, our players were at home, you know, from August till January. So we weren't together at all. Um, you know, we tried to stay in touch uh, over like team Zoom calls throughout that semester. And I know it was really hard for our players having to do all classes virtual from, you know, you know, their couch. Um, they Players didn't like that very much and being away from each other and away from campus. And then with the season being canceled, we came back, you know, last spring. Um, we were able to do small individual workouts um, and that kind of it wasn't the same as, you know, having full team practices and preparing for games. It was kind of just, you know, we're back on the court together. But at that time, everyone was just looking forward to this fall semester when, you know, things were finally going to get back to normal. We could, 
have our first, you know, full preseason together and having things back to normal. So let's talk a little bit about your journey in basketball. Uh, when you're growing up, was basketball always your top sport or did you kind of play whatever was in season? Yeah, I played, you know, I played football growing up, you know, football in the fall, basketball in the winter, baseball in the spring. So I, I played all three uh, of those sports growing up. Um, and then when I got to um, my freshman year of high school, uh, I went to LaSalle my freshman year. I played f- freshman football there and then um, I'd given up baseball a few years back. And then my freshman year is when I kind of gave up football and was like, I just, you know, I want to stick to basketball. It's always been my favorite sport and that's what I'm, I want to play in college. So the rest of my high school, it was just basketball for me. Was it tough giving up the other sports or you said, you know, you knew basketball was the, but just from a pure enjoyment standpoint, did you miss them? Or once you kind of focused in on basketball, it was an easy, it was an easy move. Yeah. I think at times, you know, you miss the other sports, like, you know, when you go to the high school games on Friday, the high school football games, you're watching from the stands and you're like, ah, you know, I missed that feeling of playing football, but, um, you know, you missed it at times, but, you know, I, I just knew that basketball is what I, what I wanted to focus on. And that's the sport I love the most. When did you mention, you know, playing in college, when did it kind of crystallize that you, you might have the ability to play in college? Cause a lot of kids want to, but not everyone has the opportunity. Yeah, I think probably towards um, my junior year when I I went back to and I was playing at Satterson High School. I mean, I think my junior year is when you know I first started you know getting letters in the mail from you know local Division three schools and you know that's where it all started. And then I knew heading into that summer, you know that was a big AAU season for me. Um, and then you know that's when I started to you know hear from a couple of Division two schools and you know and that's when I was like you know this can be a reality. I, I can, I, I might have the opportunity to play at the next level. Um, you know, so just, you know, waited out my senior year and just, you know, um, till Philly, you came along and, you know, always, you know, know about coach McGee growing up and, you know, once, you know, they made an offer, it was kind of a no brainer for me that, you know, that would be a great school to go play for. Did you enjoy the recruiting process from your standpoint? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I wasn't heavily recruited, so I wasn't like um, visiting, you know, tons of schools. I visited a, a few, um, a couple of the PSAC schools, but um, I didn't play on a, a a real big AAU team where you know we see a lot of AAU teams travel throughout the country. I played on a local team with a couple friends. Um, we just played in local tournaments, so um, I didn't get as heavily recruited as you know. Most kids do. So um, I would say I enjoyed the process and I was glad when it was finally over, which wasn't until, you know, spring of my senior year of high school. So you mentioned Philly U, which is now Jefferson. What is when you first arrive, how's the transition and what is it like, you know, the first practice and your coach is a, you know, a Hall of Famer. And what was that like? the pace of play going from high school to college was such a dramatic increase. You know, you're playing, used to playing in high school where you're the best player on your high school team. And now you're in college and as an 18 year old kid playing against, you know, some kids who are 21, 22 years old, um, 
they're much bigger, they were bigger, stronger, faster. And so you had to learn how to, you know, play at a faster pace and get your shot off a little bit quicker. Um, you know, and you have to get stronger, you know, if you're going to compete at that level. So, um, it was definitely a huge adjustment for me, especially like you said, my first fall preseason, um, and just, you know, the conditioning you do in the fall compared to what you do in high school is, you know, way more, um, the lifting programs you're on is way more than what you're used to. So, um, you know, in 6am practices, stuff you don't do in high school, it's, it's a big adjustment and it did kind of take me a while to, you know, kind of transition to, and get, uh, and get settled in, I guess. One of the things that impressed me about you right off the bat was you came in and you made an impact as a freshman, which, you know, does happen, but you come into a team that the other four starters had just played a ton of hoops together. Russell Frederick, Malcolm Ingram, uh, you know, Mike Yoakum, guys like that. And I know you, I don't think you started right away, if I remember correctly, but you were in the rotation and then you eventually come in as a starter. Was it intimidating at all to be surrounded by seniors like that and to, to, to be on that level as far as, you know, a, a core part of the program? I don't think it was intimidating. I think those, those four that you mentioned were such great leaders. Um, and they were very helpful, especially for the freshmen, you know, bringing us along. Um, so they were, like I said, they were great, great leaders and they kind of, you know, instilled their confidence in you. And, you know, especially me, I, like you said, I wasn't in the rotation that much the first, you know, 10 to 15 games and I wasn't shooting the ball well. And, you know, those four, um, seniors, they did a good job of, you know, constantly, you know, building your confidence up, telling you to keep shooting the ball. Um, you're going to start knocking them down. So, um, and I, I, if I remember correctly, we had lost a game or two. Um, and I, and coach McGee came to me one day at practice said, you know, we're, we're going to try in the starting lineup next game. Um, and I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of shocked. Like, you know, I haven't been playing well, but, you know, so I was a little nervous heading that my first, you know, career start. Um, but I knew being out there with those four seniors, no, I didn't have to do too much. Just, you know, play defense, you know, play with an offense, shoot it when you're open. Um, and I think I ended up playing maybe 30 minutes that game and, you know, didn't score much, but, you know, we won the game and, you know, they kept me in the starting lineup. You know, for the next game, we ended up winning a bunch of games in a row, but just playing alongside four, you know, those four seniors and as talented as they were, you know, um, they were really a great group. And that was just an all around a, a great team that we had my freshman year. Yeah, to that point, and I ask about being intimidated, but kind of the other way, I guess, if you look at it, you're surrounded by guys who have been through so much. There's probably not a situation they haven't seen. It's got to be comforting to have them to lean on in the moment, not like just in the huddle, but as you're running a play that, you know, to, to just be surrounded by, by guys like that. Yeah. Four great seniors. And they're all, like you said, very talented, you know, Russ and Russell and Malcolm who were, you know, first team all conference players, but like you said, they've been in in all the, they, they've been in every situation, um, you know, especially the year before winning the conference championship. So um, and once we started winning a few games and, you know, I was in the starting lineup, you know, I started to gain confidence and, you know, having them constantly having confidence in you, you know, it, it really helped. And um, that was such a great season. But like you said, having those four leading the way, um, you're going to win a lot of games. 
that year you guys end up going to the Sweet 16 um, and you, you beat some big-time programs in the tournament to get to the Sweet 16. Kind of take me through that, that postseason ride. I guess first question I have about that postseason ride, once it kind of gets to that point and you've played, you're in the starting lineup and you've played that many games, did you still feel like a freshman or did you kind of feel like it wasn't new to you anymore? Uh, definitely felt way better than what I felt, you know, back at uh, the beginning of the fall. Um, like you said, the game becomes so much faster and, and so much quicker at the college level, but, you know, haven't been able to start, you know, 15, 20 games down, you know, the rest of that season, you know, I think definitely you gain that confidence and, you know, convince yourself like, Hey, I, I can play at this level, you know, but when I first got there in the fall, it's like, you know, do I, can I play at the division two level? Um, but, you know, by the end of that season, when we hit that playoff run, you know, in the NCAA tournament, um, you know, still felt like a freshman, but definitely had more confidence. Um, and I think my teammates had more confidence in me. Um, but just as a group, as a, as a team, I think we were just really confident. Um, they won a conference championship the year before. Um, and actually that year, we, we didn't even make it to the conference championship. We lost in the semifinals. Um, but we had such a good year that we still got an at-large bid. I think we may have been the three seed. Um, so we still got the NCAA tournament. And then to win two, two games and get to the regional final, you know, that was, that was really special. And I just want to mention the, the fifth guy who I don't know if we mentioned his name in that starting was Marcus Lemon, who was another great player uh, for Philly U slash Jefferson. Uh, in that NCAA tournament, if I remember correctly, you went bonkers in the first round, uh, hit like seven or eight three-pointers, uh, led the team in scoring. What are your memories of of that first round game? I think that was the one against St. Anselm. You guys won in overtime. Yeah, that was a really good game. St. Anselm's was awesome that year. Um, it was just one of those games where, you know, I think the other team's game, yeah, they were so focused in on, you know, the, the other four guys. You know, I got some open looks that game. Um, Russell, who was a unbelievable point guard, you know, did a good job of, you know, passing the ball when, when he was, you know, attacking the basket and they were collapsing on and, you know, I think I did, you know, I hit, I hit, I hit some threes, you know, I was able to knock down open shots. So it was just one of those games where, you know, things were, you know, falling for me. Um, but, you know, that was a result of, you know, my teammates, you know, setting me up. So um, that was, I do remember that game. Uh, whenever I still talk to those guys, we always talk about, you know, that NCAA tournament run, um, just such a special win um, being an NCAA tournament. And uh, like I said, I, you know, one of those games where the, your shots are just falling. So um, just got to keep shooting the ball. How often did you feel like you were in the zone? You hear it so often with shooters when a guy goes nuts. And I'm looking at the box score from that St. Anselm game and you were eight of 10 from three, which I would categorize. Is there a feeling where you almost feel like your your game has elevated and that you are so confident that you're not going to miss? Uh, I, I think it's happened a few times over my career. And then there's also the the times where you feel like nothing can go in for you and you shoot one for 10 from three. So I've had just as many of those games as I did where, you know, I have a feeling like, you know, I can't miss a shot. So, um, you know, that's just being, you know, a streaky shooter. And, you know, you have luckily first round NCAA tour. I had one of those games where I felt like I couldn't miss. So, um, you know, just got to keep your confidence and just keep shooting. So your sophomore year, we talk about being surrounded by all these seniors. 
all these guys move on. What is that like when you were, when you start the next season, like all of a sudden you go from, and I mean, I know there were other young players on the bench, but you know, being a, being a starter by the end of core piece, you go from being surrounded by all this veteran leadership to suddenly, I guess you kind of become the veteran leadership now. Yeah. I mean, that was a huge adjustment going into our, my, I guess my sophomore year, the following season, um, losing a group of, of four of those four starters, um, from your starting lineup and coming back the next year. Um, it's definitely, you know, you become a different team because you lost so much scoring, you lost so much rebounding, um, you lost so much leadership, um, with, with those four starters. Um, so it's definitely different in our sophomore year, like me being the only returning starter, like you said, now it's like, I'm a sophomore, but then you're kind of, you got to become the leader that those four seniors were and try to lead, you know, the next year's team. So it was a huge adjustment. And, um, my sophomore year, we, we weren't as good as we were the freshman year. So it, we, we took, we had a little down of a year, I guess you would say. Was it tough in that situation at times to try to not do too much to try to, as you mentioned, you know, you're trying to, in a way, take over for four guys. Did you ever have to kind of check yourself or did the coaches ever have to pull you aside? Like, hey, you just do you. You can't fill all these roles. Yeah, I definitely think there was times that year where I would try to do too much. And, um, you know, because my freshman year, you're so used to winning. You, you, we were winning so many games and then you lose you lose those four starters and then you start losing games your sophomore year and you're not used to that. Um, so I think there were times where that sophomore, my sophomore year, where I did struggle in games because, like you said, you know, trying to do too much um, instead of just, you know, playing the game that I'm used to and letting the game come to me. Um, there's definitely times my sophomore year where um, forcing shots that probably shouldn't have taken, um, but you know, um, it, it was a new season for us and, and kind of a down year that year for us. What was it like to play for Herb McGee? It was awesome. Um, you know, he I've learned so much from him from playing for him for four years and things that I've learned now that I, I, I still use when and now that I'm a head coach. Um, so you couldn't ask, you know, playing for a Hall of Famer, you know, you can, no real complaints, um, especially, you know, being able to play, you know, almost 40 minutes a game. And, you know, he always had confidence in me to shoot the ball. Um, so I, I loved it, um, all four years. So, um, like I said, guy who's, you know, coach who's won, you know, almost 1200 games, um, you know, he knows how to win. Um, and that's why, like I said, when in the recruiting process, when, when Philly, you, you know, came along, you know, I, I was pretty excited and, um, it was kind of a no brainer. You mentioned playing 40 minutes a game. And that's one of the things Herb McGee's known for is he pretty much, for the most part, has his guys, and he lets you play through rough periods. He accelerates when you're going good, but he keeps you out there. Just from a playing standpoint, that is so unusual in basketball today to to just basically have a coach that that goes to work with with his starting five. But what was it like to to kind of not have to look over your shoulder if you miss two or three threes in a row, or if you throw a ball away, stuff like that? Uh, I would just guess that has to do so much for your confidence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, um, and I think my freshman year, the first beginning of the year when I 
wasn't really in the rotation, you know, that they would put me in at time. I would get in at times and, you know, I would miss two shots and, you know, come right back out. Um, but then once, you know, I got in the starting lineup, started playing well, you know, you miss two or three shots in a row and you know, you're not coming out. So it definitely, you know, really boost your confidence. Um, like I said, you know, there's, there's games where you, you shoot one for 10 from three, um, but you're not coming out of the game because coach McGee has that confidence in you. Um, you just got to keep shooting the ball and he knows, you know, he always had the confidence that you were going to shoot your way out of, you know, any slump that you had, even if, you know, that slump was two or three games long, you know, he was still, uh, putting you in for, you know, 35 to 40 minutes a game and, you know, and then same time you, you get hot for a few games. So it definitely helped your confidence knowing like, like you said, you don't have to worry. You miss three shots and then you start thinking about, I can't shoot the next one. I might get taken out. So like you said, that's Coach McGee's coaching style and it, it's worked for him. But it definitely helps your confidence knowing that you don't have to look over your shoulder about coming out for, you know, one or two mistakes. We talked about that freshman year NCAA tournament run. You went to the NCAA tournament again. I think you went your junior year. You guys go deep into the CACC conference tournament. You scored more than 1,500 points at Jefferson. Are there any moments that when you think about your college basketball career that come flooding back that we haven't talked about any other games or even practices or things that just will always stick with you? No, I think definitely my freshman year is the year that we always talk about whenever I'm with, you know, meet up with old teammates. Um, There's just something, something special about playing in NCAA tournament games and not only just playing in them, but winning them. So my freshman year, you know, with only two NCAA tournament games, we won in my four years. We went on back-to-back days and gets the regional final and lost to a very good Bentley squad. Um, I think those, that like week stretch of being in NCAA tournament and getting the regional finals uh, is definitely the, the number one memory that like me and my old teammates always talk about, like how much fun that was, how exciting it was, and we were that close to making an Elite Eight. Time for a break on one-on-one. We will have more with Chestnut Hill College head women's basketball coach Jim Connolly right after this. Hey, Philly, are you doom scrolling? Well, cut it out. There's a better way to get your news. Philadelphia's local news podcast is called The John Cast. Check out The John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back on one-on-one. Our guest this week, Chestnut Hill College head women's basketball coach, Jim Connolly. How did you, how was it you're the end of your senior year for you? Just from a, this is coming to a close, last game with Holy Family, last trip to Chestnut Hill, you know, stuff like that. Uh, did you ever get emotional or did you take moments as a senior to take a step back and kind of take a deep breath of what was coming to a close or was it something that once it was over that's when you kind of thought about it and kind of cataloged it yeah I think during the whole senior year it's definitely on the back of it was definitely in the back of my head like you know this might be the last time I ever you know I'm a part of a basketball team but never let let it you know get in the way of you know playing I think there was I think my senior year, I struggled a little more than I did my junior year. And that might've been, you know, cause it was in the back of my head, every game, like, like you said, this is the last time I'm playing at Holy Family. This is the last time I'm playing at, you know, um, you know, Goldie Beacom. So definitely, definitely in the back of your mind. And then losing in the CEO, we lost in the championship that year to Bloomfield. Um, and I think in the locker room right after that game is when it finally hit me, like it's all over, like, 
and you just start thinking about, you know, last four years and all the memories you just had and now it's over. Um, but yeah, it was definitely tough for me, especially losing in the conference championship and missing that being that close to another NCAA tournament. Um, it was definitely a tough way to end. Did you give any thought to trying to pursue playing somewhere, you know, overseas or anything like that? Or were you kind of at peace, you know, once you kind of uh, looked at it, that, 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 that part of your life was over? Yeah, definitely kept thinking about, you know, maybe opportunity to go play professionally over and overseas for maybe a year or two and um, kind of weighed my options. Um, Graduate school was also in the back of my mind as well, because I went to school for accounting and finance and, you know, getting a master's degree is, is big, you know, for, for accounting and a finance degree. So, um, thought about it for a little bit and decided that, you know, I want to, you know, go to grad school and, and, you know, get my MBA. So I ended up, you know, staying at Jefferson for, for my fifth year. Um, and that's also another time when it really hit me that, you know, I'm still at school, but I'm not a part of the basketball team now. So that was kind of, I think that year was more tough than my senior year, um, you know, being on campus every day and seeing the, seeing the team practicing and you're just kind of watching from the window. And, you know, and that, that, that again is when you start thinking about all the memories that you had of, you know, being on that floor and, you know, you never thought you would say it, but, you know, you do anything to be back out on the practice floor practicing. <laughs> and you talked about getting your MBA and all, but is that where coaching kind of enters that you kind of realize you've got this kind of yearning to, to stay with the game or was coaching always some, something you thought, Hey, you know what, if, if an opportunity presents itself, that might be something I'm interested in. Yeah, it was definitely something I've always thought about my whole life. Like I want to become a coach. Um, but at that point I was like, I don't really know how to get into coaching. Um, so my graduate year, you know, that's when, you know, I'm studying to become an accountant. Um, but in the back of my head, I was like, you know, I, I miss basketball so much. I got to find a way to get back into the game. Um, and after my graduate year, I get a, I get an accounting job, you know, heading into the following season. And then that's when it kind of hit me. Like I need to find a a part-time basketball job. I got to be on a, got to be back, uh, um, on a bench, you know, and try to start learning how to become a coach. And you started Brennathan, am I correct? Yes. Yeah. How does that, how that opportunity come about? So I think that was like fall of that year when I started working my accounting job and um, coach Riley, I reached out to, to see, you know, if there's any way I could, you know, maybe hop on, you know, their staff for the year, but they had, they had a full, they had a full staff that year. But, um, you know, coach Riley said, you know, kind of looked around for me and asked around and he, he helped me out and, you know, talked to, um, you know, coach Baxter um, at Brynathen. Um, and who was looking for assistant coaching jobs. So I was able to coach Riley was able to, you know, help me out with that. And then coach Riley, that's Jimmy Riley, the associate head coach at Jefferson, who will take over uh, with when Herb McGee retires. So uh, Brent Athen, what's a, you know, you start as an assistant. Is it what you thought right away? Uh, I mean, obviously you're very familiar with college basketball, but were there things that you didn't realize went into you know, being part of a coaching staff, what, what are the lessons, what are the things you learned that first year as an assistant? Um, definitely. It's a lot more work than you think, you know, pre- trying to prepare for games and prepare scouting reports and the amount of film that you try to watch. And um, it was a difficult year be- 
because, you know, I was working full time as an accountant. Um, so I wasn't able to get to practice every day for an Athens. So even my first year as an assistant coach, you know, I wasn't there, you know, 75% of the time. And then, you know, the, the second half of the year, you know, tax season started and for accounting and I couldn't make, I missed like this whole second half of the basketball season because I could never make it. Um, cause I was working in, in the accounting office till nine, 10 o'clock every night. So, um, so yeah, my first year was definitely different cause I wasn't, I didn't get that much experience. I, I, got to practice and got the games whenever I could. So that was, you know, I got my feet wet in the coaching world, but it wasn't, you know, a full coaching experience for me because, because of my full-time job at, at the time. And was that men's or women's at Bryn Athen? That was on the men's side. And then you go to the women's side, you come back to your alma mater and you work with Tom Shirley, uh, kind of similar question to Bryn Athen. I mean, obviously you've got, roots there you know everybody involved but uh talk about the transition to jefferson and the transition to to coaching women's basketball yeah so i you know um coach shirley was looking for an assistant coach at the time and again coach coach riley said you know you should reach out to coach shirley um he's like i know it's women's basketball and you know you you were trying to get on the men's side he's like but you know give it a shot you know it gives you a, a chance to get back you know on the campus where of your alma mater and, you know, be back in the gym where you played, um, you know, so try it out. And, you know, I talked with coach Shirley and, you know, he told him that, you know, I have a full-time accounting job. I, I can't be there every day. Um, so he took me on as a volunteer. Um, he said, you know, same thing, you'll get here when you can, if you can make practice, make games and, you know, found a way to make it work. And, um, I just really liked being back on, on campus at Jefferson, where a place where I'm used to and place where I played for four years and have all those memories and, you know, a chance to work with, you know, the women's team and coach Shirley. Was this where, you know, during the, the time early on uh, working on Tom Shirley staff, was this where it kind of, I don't want to say crystallized, but you really felt like this is, this is for me, this is definitely what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, being back on, at, at your alma mater um, and after my first year with Coach Shirley, uh, I had a ton of fun, you know, working under him and, you know, working with that that team. And we won the conference championship that year. So it was, it was a really great experience. But, you know, definitely after that first year, it was, you know, like, hey, maybe I'm building, a, I can build a future around, you know, coaching someday. What was it like? We talked about what it was like to play for for her biggie what was it like coaching under tom shirley were there what are some of the things you learned from him uh you know i mean i don't know i think people in the basketball world realize it but jefferson has about 2000 wins in their men's and women's basketball coach which is amazing when you when you think about it so you know what was it like kind of going from one legend learning from one legend learning to another yeah i you know like you said almost 2000 combined wins between the two of them. So to be able to, you know, spend four years playing for coach McGee and then spend four years as an assistant for coach Shirley, um, you kind of see the way both, both of them run their programs, you know, things that they do similar, some things that they do differently. Um, and then when I became a coach, try to take some things from that coach McGee does take some things that coach Shirley does um, things that I learned from both of them and, you know, kind of create, your own blueprint to how you want to be a head coach and how you want to run a program. So um, 
couldn't have asked for, you know, a better coaching duo to, to learn under and, and play under. So, um, definitely wouldn't be where, where I am right now. If, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't go to Jefferson to play and then come back to coach, uh, with coach Shirley. Can you give me one thing that you've really taken from each coach that you incorporate into your day to day? Is there one philosophy, one aspect of how they approached it? You know, if you had, I'm sure there's more than one, but what would be at the top for top of the depth chart for each? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, from coach McGee, you know, one of the things I've taken you know, from him is obviously um, I run some of the same offense that we ran, <laughs> um, you know, especially some of the plays that we ran for myself. Now I try to, you know, run for, you know, the shooters on our team um, and, and coach Shirley, I mean, he, he's just done such a great job you know, running that program and, you know, winning championships. I think just, you know, the winning mentality, that you know, just learning how to win games and manage games is something I've taken definitely from both of them. Um, so like you said, two thousand, almost 2000 wins between the two, um, just learning how to manage a game, um, you know, being on coach Shirley's bench and, you know, playing on the floor when coach McGee's on the sideline, just, you know, close games and finding ways to win. I think, you know, goes such a long way. Um, you kind of, kind of becomes, you learn how to do that and, that's something I've definitely taken from both of them. As you're coaching, was there any point where it was difficult? I like to ask this of people who excelled as an athlete and then, you know, moved to the sideline. I would imagine there were some things in the game that came kind of easy to you. Is it a struggle early as a coach that to appreciate that they don't come easy to everyone and to kind of understand that, you know, just because I could do X, Y, and Z at this level, everybody can't. Was there a kind of a learning curve with that? Um, definitely, you know, my first year trying to learn, you know, my players. Um, and now this being my third year, but in my second season and having, you know, almost the same roster that we did my first year, um, you've kind of learned, you know, each player's game um, and, and, to try to put them in situations, not try to put them in situations, something they're not comfortable doing. Um, just kind of learn how they each, you know, how we can bring out their, use their strengths and put them in positions to succeed is something that I've tried to do as a coach. Like to, I can't expect them to do what I want them to do, but here's what they can do. How can I put them in situations that they're comfortable and we can take advantage of something that each player does well. And how tough was it another kind of move into the coaching ranks, giving up that control when you're the player and you're out on the floor, you're controlling what's happening. But as a coach, you can draw it up. You can explain it. You can go over it in practice, but somebody else has to do it. Is that at was that tough to start to learn how to give up that control and not get completely frustrated when maybe it doesn't go uh, as you'd hoped? Yeah, I definitely when you're on the sideline, it's more stressful when you, like you said, you can draw it up, you can tell them where to be. Um, this is what you need to look for. And, but you know, they got to go, they're the ones that have to go out and make the plays. So there's definitely times where, you know, you get very stressed when things aren't working out the way that you drew it up in your head. So it's definitely, you know, a learning experience, you know, and it feels like you're aging quickly as a head coach. <laughs> um, but you know, when you're winning games, uh, it's it's 
easier to, to handle, I guess. So, um, whereas if you're, if you're on, you know, losing games, so, which we, you know, you're going to win and lose games. So it's, it's like you said, it's, it's stressful at times, you know, cause you can't, you can put them in the right spots, but then, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, players making plays. So, um, it's, it's definitely, definitely something you got to learn how to manage from the sideline. 2019, you take over at Chestnut Hill. How did that opportunity present itself and how, why was it the right job at the right time for you? Um, when, when the Chestnut Hill job opened, you know, I remember being, um, it was still preseason of that season. And, you know, coach Shirley, um, kind of pushed me like, Hey, you want to be a head coach. Right. And I, you know, I said, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, go apply for Chestnut Hill job, the Chestnut Hill opening. Um, and at that point I was like, you know, it's like, you know, am I ready for this yet? You know, I, I'm young. I do, do I, am I ready for this to, to handle that kind of duty? So I end up applying, interviewing, end up getting the job, you know, the, the hiring process took a little bit. And by the time I was hired, it was, I think October 7th was my first day on campus. And the first day of practice is October 15th. Um, and at that point it's like, you know, we we're playing games in three and a half, four weeks. And I got to, you know, I don't have any prior experience as a head coach, so I got to kind of create my blueprint here. How are we going to defend? What offense are we going to run? And, you know, I still got to get to know my players um, and put this all together in three to four weeks. Um, so that's kind of how that all came together and kind of showed up and just had a, you know, one day at a time mentality. Like, how can I be a better coach tomorrow than I was today? Like, what do we do at practice today? What else should we be doing? How can I be better tomorrow? And that's kind of the mentality I had in my first year. Like, just just be better than you were yesterday overwhelming at any point that early that first year or the fact that you had so much on your plate I would imagine you can just kind of get kind of dive into it and there's not time to worry about big picture like you said all right I got to work on this game plan I got to hire an assistant got to make sure the schedule's straight like did you know was there any feeling of overwhelming or were you just too busy to really worry about it yeah I think at times um definitely overwhelmed but at the same time just tried to you know, like I said just be better than I was yesterday it's I'm a first year head coach um didn't really had no preseason with with our team so you know I don't, th- I don't think the expectations were really high it was just you know can this team us as a group can we you know can we win some games and just be better you know just improve throughout the year um which we ended up doing um so, you know, a, a very young group. I had no seniors that year. I think only two juniors um, and then six sophomores and four freshmen. So first year head coach with, with young players, like my goal for that year was just, you know, let's grow as a group, um, try to improve on last year. Um, and then, you know, try to set the foundation for, for this program, you know, moving forward. What was the biggest surprise of being a head coach was there anything that suddenly fell into your lap that you weren't anticipating from your years as an assistant I mean I'm sure I know Tom Shirley explained stuff along the way I'm sure stuff like that but was there anything you're like oh boy I didn't consider I was gonna have to worry about this yeah I think uh being assistant coach it's very easy making recommendations all the time. Like we should do this. We should do that. But when you're the head coach and the game's going on and you have to make that final decision, never knew 
like that type of feeling until you were put in that situation. Like every decision you make, you know, you're making the final decision. So now your assistants make suggestions to you and now you got to make the decision. Definitely a little more stressful, which I didn't realize. So that was probably the base adjustment. Like, you know, it's easy to make recommendations, but when you got to make the final decisions, you know, and manage the game because you're the head coach, a little harder than, than what you expected from when, you know, when you're an assistant coach. I think your first win, if I'm looking at it correctly, was against Queens College in 2019. Yeah. Uh, what, I mean, what was that like to be at the head of a program and you've just won a college basketball game as a head coach? Um, yeah, I mean, that was the opening weekend, our opening weekend tournament that we do every year with Malloy and Queens. Uh, we lose to Malloy on the first day and, you know, bounce back the next day with a win against Queens. And I think that was kind of just like, took a deep breath. Like, you know, the first one's probably the hardest one uh, to get that out of the way, you know, winning that first game, you know, early in the season was kind of, you know, kind of a relief, like, you know, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out this year, you know? Um, so definitely winning the first one, you know, and that opening weekend was huge, especially for your confidence as a head coach. Like, you know, maybe, maybe we can win some, you know, put together a good season here moving forward. What is your favorite part of what you do? I get to be in a basketball gym every day. My first job as an accountant, I kind of knew right away that I don't want to be behind a computer screen, you know, nine to five. That's, you know, not who I've been growing up. I've always been, you know, basketball all the time. Um, I always get joke with my friends. Like, you know, I, for, I get to make a living, you know, showing up and being in a basketball gym every day and, you know, being around the game of basketball. Um, and I enjoy every, every minute of it. Is there any part of the job that you have to do it because it's part of it, but you really wish you could, that somebody else could deal with it? There's, there's other duties that, that I have outside of being the head coach here. Um, you know, and you end up doing a lot of times you're doing a lot of jobs, you know, that like division one full-time staffs, you know, take care of like odds and ends stuff, you know, like ordering meals for your team and uh, sometimes doing laundry and um, all those other odds and ends stuff that, you know, when you have a full-time staff and, you know, full-time managers. So like a lot of that stuff that, you know, you wish like, I wish you just had to worry about, you know, just the coaching Um, and coach Shirley always, uh, he always has a saying, you know, the easiest part, you know, is coaching, you know, all that, outside stuff that you have to worry about and you know he's right you know the easiest part is just coaching the game and coaching your practices and not having to worry about you know off the court stuff and my final question is there anything from the accounting background that helps you in in coaching even if it's just how your mind analyzes stuff uh <laughs> i don't you know i guess maybe just having experience being good with numbers and, you know, at like, you know, analyzing a box score and doing, you know, quick math and stuff. But outside of that, you know, not really, you know, it's nice having an accounting and finance background, but, you know, I think moving forward, you know, I think I'm going to stick with, uh, you know, the basketball side of things. Jim Connolly, this was so much fun. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. 
And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Chestnut Hill College head women's basketball coach Jim Connolly for being my guest this week. Now, if you like this show and you want to help us out, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at One on One Pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon Ten Sixty. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to join us again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.